0: Uh, Joe Trotter is my guest from the American Legislative Exchange Council, Uh, and thank you very much. The uh, ALEC just released its Energy Affordability Report, and thank goodness Wisconsin is not amongst the lowest, well, or the highest. Somewhere in the middle Wisconsin sits. Uh, Joe Trotter, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. I imagine that this list will change dramatically month to month, huh? Well, yeah, uh, it, it will
1: potentially on gas prices. It isn't likely to on just straight up electricity prices. So, Wisconsin is currently 12th, the 12th cheapest electricity generation uh, state. It's at 7.6 cents per kilowatt hour currently. And it does have a renewable portfolio standard, but no cap and trade and no statewide rules on net metering. So, you guys are doing very, very well in terms of keeping
0: costs low. Well, trying, that's for sure. It it's, it's always uh, causes me to wonder why the technology is being pushed so hard when, when it is clearly, according to so many reports, not ready to take over the nation's needs for uh, solar or wind or electricity generated with something other than coal or natural gas. Why, why is that, you think?
1: Well, here's the thing. There's this sort of bright, shiny idea that we're going to go straight to these new technologies. And the new technologies are great. They keep getting better and better. But they're not always ready for prime time. You've got uh, just across the nation, solar farms, wind farms. And we truly believe it's important having all the above approach. It's bad policy to put all your eggs in one basket. But you've got these top-down mandates that come down and say you know you must do this much solar you must do this much wind but those technologies only work intermittently they work when the conditions are right the sun is shining the wind is blowing but in the middle of a dark winter for example you need on-demand generation that comes from either traditional fossil fuels or from nuclear energy. And so it's very important to keep those systems updated, modern, and online, because you can have a great summer, generate all the electricity that you need, but when it comes time for winter, you still gotta keep the lights on. So it has to, at the very least, be a good mix. And one of the biggest problems is, uh, in regards to these new technologies, is making sure that they're actually hooked up to the grid in an appropriate way. One of the things you see, especially in states like Maryland, they've got a ton of solar farms, a good amount of wind energy, but they're not hooked up to the grid in a way that they're providing the energy when it's needed. And one of the things we were working on in ALEC, it's a new ALEC model policy, uh, deals with this in particular, uh, the uh, electrical generation reliability Enclosures Act, the model policy that we debated, and basically it says you've got to make sure before you take the legacy systems offline that the new systems are up and running and actually able to generate what what constituents need. So that's what we're working on currently.
0: Right. Well, and isn't it uh, the evidence clear in states like California, for instance, that are really pushing that envelope? Uh, mandating that uh, 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 electric cars be the only cars on the road by, what, 2035? I don't want to mention all the dates. I'll get them wrong. But there will be uh, uh, you know, only electric cars, then pretty soon only electric trucks. And then they've already begun telling people at home, turn your air conditioner off during peak seasons, turn it down, don't charge your car at this time or that time. That doesn't sound like energy on demand. It sounds like energy when we tell you it's available.
1: There's this disconnect between just reality and what they wish were true, especially in California. Hey, you can't have electric vehicles without there being electricity, and the state is just a mess when it comes to electricity right now. They're having to extend their nuclear power plant's lifetime, which great uh, as long as it's safe. They're having to bring in generators. That's because they, they're cho- they're top down mandated chosen. Technologies aren't working the way they should, especially during just either the hottest and the coldest months of the year. And that's, that's more than, you know, if it fails, it's more than just, oh, somebody not, might not be able to charge their car, which it's true. People will not be able to charge their cars. It puts people in danger. You don't have refrigeration, air conditioning, heat, uh, people who use well water, water pumps, things like that they need electricity. So going to these systems that aren't as reliable really actually puts people in danger.
0: Right. And well, then when you have to decide, let's see, do I charge my car so I can go to work or not charge my car, as the governor suggested, so that I can have, well, in California it might be uh, uh, air conditioning, but I have a choice. I can either plug in my car or plug in my furnace and be warm this winter. Uh, and one or the other, you know, as well as I do, the American people are still far too selfish to say, I'm not doing that. You do that. It's cold in my house and my spouse is busting my chops. I got to turn up the furnace or I'm going to have a miserable life. And I'm not doing that. I'm an American and I have I have uh, rights and you can't tell me what to do. It, It's uh, it's the situation doesn't bode well for the future and that's what bothers me more than anything uh this report available on the website at alex.org www.alec.org joe trotter uh, interesting conversation uh, one of these days we'll get a chance to talk even longer hi i'm ken cooper host of the podcast around river city I've got an invitation for you to listen into my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at aroundrivercity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.